He'll come back for the second. India have won the test match. India have won the series. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the 81 All Out podcast. This is Siddhartha Vaidyanathan at Sidvi on Twitter. And uh, I'm here joined by three other guests, uh, 81 All Out regulars, to talk about uh, the Sydney test that just finished, Australia versus India, which ended in a draw. Uh, India valiantly holding on, on the, in the final couple of sessions to draw the test and go to Brisbane with the series at 1-1. So we'll be talking about the test. We'll be touching on various aspects of it. And then we'll also be looking ahead because uh, the next test is uh, coming up pretty soon. And there's al- already been news about um, some injuries and various other things. So, all right. So introducing the guests, uh, again, we've had them for the previous two tests as well. We have uh, Ashoka, who's at ABVAN on Twitter. Hi, Ashoka. Hey, Sidney. Good to be back. Yeah. And then we have uh, Mahesh, who is at Cornered. And we have uh, Kartikeya, who is uh, at Cricketing View on Twitter. Hi, guys. Welcome. Hi. Hi. So, uh, yeah, let me just start off by saying that, uh, you know, the previous test uh, at Melbourne, we had spoken about how uh, this was uh, such a fine victory for India and would be remembered for a long time as uh, one of the really good comeback wins. We had compared it to a few other tests in the past. We had spoken about how after being 36 all out, you know, to come back to Melbourne and to win like that was such an achievement. (laughs) Now we have a situation in Sydney where, uh, you know, (laughs) India have uh, gone from a victory to a draw, but this draw seems as much a victory in itself, given the circumstances with uh, the number of injuries that India have had, uh, Jadeja getting injured in the test, Vihari uh, getting a hamstring injury, Ashwin's back uh, being uh, pretty cropped, and uh, also Pant getting hit uh, on the elbow, and then Saha keeping for him. So, given all that, and uh, given the bowling resources that India had, and given that Australia were full strength, you know, uh, Warner was back, Smith was playing, given all that, uh, this draw does seem like a victory. So, uh, let's. Uh, Bring in what people have to say. I'm sure uh, Ashoka can kick it off with his uh, insightful thoughts, which uh, everyone eagerly looks forward to. Ashoka? No, this time I wanted to keep it down the down low, but uh, I really can't because this is such a this is such a monumental. I'm going to call it a victory uh, uh, because, uh, as you know, right, we were down and out, uh, and the last day we had like seven thousand runs to make, and only three people on the planet left, and you know, it was very tough and uh, we, we really showed uh, great determination to, you know, win the test. And if when win was not possible because, you know, how Tim Payne is and how his teammates are, uh, they literally, you know, broke uh, Jadeja's three fingers. They kicked uh, Vihari in the leg and they broke Ashwin's back. But despite all that, the principles of non-violence finally won the day, I guess. So you must also praise uh, uh, Ashwin and Vihari. I mean, they were chasing 700 or something, right? And uh, they blocked some 3,000 deliveries in like 50 years. So it was uh, fantastic. And I like how the target of... came down from 7,000 to 700. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because Pant <laughs> knocked the 6,300 runs. And I, was oh, yeah, very yeah. Disapp- <laughs> and I was very disappointed that he couldn't make the 100. But uh, 
you know that again was uh, i would uh, put it down to tim pain's underhanded tactics of bowling spin to him when he was in the 90s like if tim pain was a decent captain he would have bowled you know his fifth bowler and like a gentleman would have given pant his century but such gentleman behavior i don't think you can expect from you know players these days only very few players like rahul dravid on whose birthday we achieved this great draw uh, i mean you can expect only such things from them so so all in all i think i feel very vindicated because i was i was being you know told that i exaggerate stuff but see this is what happens when you have hope the the yeah. series is exaggerated itself yeah it is exaggerated i think only three more indians are left in the touring party and <laughs> ravi shastri is like uh, furiously trying to get ready with the yo yo test because he has to pass it and he has to come and play the next test i think all right so given that uh, it's going to be a tough act to follow mahesh uh, you can take over with uh, what you your general impressions before we get to the specifics of the test you know the high of the last day is, is still so fresh that you know I, i even forgot what happened on the first day but just to kind of buffer my memory a little bit i was really happy to, to come to sydney on a relatively flatter wicket where uh, you know i was getting a little sick of all this uh, i mean even kiddies part of the gang uh, hype about how bowling has never been better and all that i mean fine fair enough even if it's true i don't think whatever we saw alone was uh, was enough so i was happy to kind of get back to uh life on a relatively you know flatter surface where batsmen can score runs and and bowlers have to work hard for their wickets and and a debutant goes for uh, quite a few runs five runs and over uh, and yet uh, the quality of the bowling attack still revealed itself by you know by still figuring out a way to dismiss teams get 10 wickets i mean it didn't happen on the fourth innings but but by and large uh, the quality of the attacks came through on a flatter wicket steve smith was back in his elements all he needed was a little bit of odds uh, tilting in his favor and yeah, he's just too good a batsman to miss out on that so i mean i was a little surprised by his reaction on on proving people wrong but i, I don't know if i don't i mean i don't read the media in australia but i don't know who had the the audacity to even question his plays or whatever i mean he's a phenomenal test batsman and he he can afford to fail even two series and nobody should should be questioning him so i was a little surprised by by his reaction but but by and large i think it was a great test the the last day high was fantastic and uh, and th- th- this is something that i've been thinking about for a while now i i think the fourth innings chase is uh, the the character of a fourth innings chase is changing in recent years one the wickets perhaps are not breaking out as much as as, uh, as they used to sometimes and this in this occasion particularly because the preparation time was also not great for the the curators and i also think that the the fear of a big target is so mentally i think the, the the modern teams are a lot more prepared to think of a fortnight as achievable and my sense is that that at some stage will break that sort of 350 400 mark and 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 sort of uh, we'll see more teams you know going on to chase those big scores uh, i was hoping that this could set the template for it but that didn't quite happen uh, but but at the same time you know you saw glimpses of it by how comfortable uh, the teams were playing on a 50 of i mean uh, monga courts uh, the control percentages in adelaide versus here and how they were less fortunate in adelaide versus more fortunate here all that is well taken india were a lot more fortunate uh, but but this trend of fourth innings becoming less uh, you know less how do i put it um, i mean teams getting better at playing the fourth innings is a trend that i'm really keen to watch out for and i ho- i was hoping this could be the uh, this could be part of that trend 
Oh, I, I don't think the chase was ever on. I think they were extremely lucky to survive. Uh, but, you know, you have that luck once in a while. Uh, all teams have it. And uh, yesterday was India's day to have it. Realistically, they were one wicket away from, you know, one guy with the broken finger and three ranked tailors. So, you know, uh, even with... Even if even if the wicket had fallen with half an hour to go, uh, I don't think they would have survived. Uh, but they did. Good for them. Uh, but you know they're a very good team, and the I think the 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 bigger sort of arc of the Test match was that Australia won the toss, which was very important. Uh, they batted first on a good pitch. Uh, they would have expected to make a big score, but India reeled them in. Uh, then they bowled absolutely amazingly well, but India's you know survived mainly thanks to Cheteshwar Pujara and got to two forty four. Uh, then again, India bowled well enough to keep them in check, keep the scoring down, and you know Australia were only four hundred ahead by with four sessions to go and given how the wicket was playing the wicket was easy dying basically they smith uh, uh, pain felt compelled to declare because i think he was worried that there wasn't going to be enough time and uh, in the end he was proved right but i think uh, i mean i think in, in india were india were luckier than average over there i mean that basically the, the way to think about it i think is that you know, it was it was less than an inch between you know Ashwin's glove and that ball, uh, which he was given out to when the score was two eighty against Cummins's spell from, with the new ball. For someone who believes dropping catches doesn't matter, creating chances is what matters. How do you reconcile yourself to the fact that the margin between the glove and the handle was so small, and that could have triggered a collapse? Why couldn't? Uh, Cummins create another chance. Isn't, isn't that a reflection of the fact that they didn't create enough chances apart from India beat Latin? They did. They they created 130 fall shots and they got only five wickets. Uh, the average is about one in 10. Here it was about one in 26. Isn't that? Yeah, one in 26. So, and then, and on the other hand, at, at Adelaide, it was one in three. So, you know, we have sort of had two two extremes on of the bell curve so you know most things will be much closer to the median uh, or the average it's the same thing since it's normal yeah so a uh, couple of points there one is regarding the chase i mean i spoke to i i had a chat with a tv producer long back and uh, you know he mentioned how uh, the commentators will uh, will never say the chase is off. They will always say the chase is on because, you know, that's how you keep the viewers in. I mean, irrespective of whether the chase is on or not, it is the job of the commentator to basically assure the viewer that there is a chance of this team going for a win. And I was thinking of that when, you know, Pant was batting and all these Australian commentators were like, uh, especially Shane Vaughan was like, yeah, yeah, they're surely going for it. Surely, yeah, going for the win, going for the win. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was that's also we, part we know of that job. they weren't going for it no we know that they weren't going for it because they said that at lunchtime the instruction was just forget about the score forget about getting out forget about everything just play one ball at a time that's about it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, th- uh, that's what I'm saying. Irrespective of what they knew, the commentators have to do their job that is isn't given that, to them. Isn't that isn't there a Packer kind of story where Packer kind of yells at commentators saying yeah. that they don't they don't want to listen to what your thoughts are? Just you know, you tell them the story that keeps them hooked or something to that. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. In fact, there's a story of Ian Chapel. I think it was Ian Chapel. I may be wrong. who uh, you know basically uh, was describing like a pretty dreary day and uh, you know he he was saying that the weather is uh, something something to that effect about the weather and then he gets a call uh, from chapel who says that uh, in uh, uh, you know expletives says that uh, nobody beeping cares what that weather is just talk about the cricket and make sure that the viewer is sitting in front of the tv so um that is uh, yeah that there packer played a big role in that as well because he believed that you know a, a commentator's job is not necessarily to always uh, stick to reality it's also to create uh, an interest through this fantasy that you have but anyway that is one thing the second thing about chasing is that uh, you know interesting is that in uh, india batted the longest in this innings uh, uh, since 1979 the oval test in 1979 and the interesting thing about that test is that india were chasing 439 and got to 429 which itself is like boggles my mind how a team first of all chases 439 gets so close uh, with gavaskar getting a double hundred in the second innings and almost winning i mean that would have been like the greatest chase and they shut shop actually towards the end when they could have gone for the win and there was a lot of uh, talk about who asked them to shut shop etc etc but uh, yeah it's just I, i i haven't checked the stats it'll be interesting to see about the trends in the fourth inning scores i know that off late uh, teams have struggled to get beyond uh, 250 300 but i wonder if uh, that has been a gradual tre- it is if there's been a shift at some point anyway let's get to the uh, test itself i mean the first uh, person to talk about is of course the <laughs> is of course steve smith and uh, you know he after all the talk in the first two tests and um, we you spoke about the reaction and things it, it was a little weird for me too i mean it was a bit like uh, somehow for some reason i remembered uh, dravid in calcutta in 2001 when he made that gesture at the press box but at least there i think there was a genuine case for him uh, because his uh, form was pretty low he was uh, shane warne was getting him out um, you know his uh, average against australia wasn't great i mean steve smith is like <laughs> i don't think yeah, yeah, was after after dravid like anything right he said he should, he's not a number 3 batsman he should not be batting a number 3 number 3 should always be a counter attacking batsman india are making a mockery of number 3 they should swap lakshman and dravid dravid is not good enough to be number 3 i mean there was a lot of criticism going into that test for dravid yeah exactly i mean there is absolutely no uh, i mean the, the scale wise uh, this steve smith uh, uh, is has no relation itself it's not even in the same ballpark <laughs> because what he he's basically had two uh, not even a two bad test because in one one innings he was not out even so he's basically been dismissed three times for a low score and come on <laughs> that is not uh, something to be anyway but uh, yeah is there um, you know any of you guys uh, you know can uh, pick it up about uh, what you thought of the innings i i thought he played i was really enjoyed the way he played uh, the spinners uh, especially given how uh, you know ashwin had uh, got him out in the leg trap and india were playing jadeja as well there was a couple of um, square drives that he played of jadeja which was just beautiful because the field was pretty offside heavy and uh, he was able to bisect that field with that lovely 
you know wrist technique of his I, I, it's very different from uh, how a an indian batsman good against spin would play it but even then i mean there was a there was a lot of class in his 100 yeah i mean it was a it was a much better wicket than the first two i mean there wasn't there was hardly any seam movement and he was able to hit on the rise uh, and that makes him very much that that makes his uh, his method extremely powerful and important because you know he wants to cover his stumps and play through the leg side from the stumps and if the ball is not seeming he's unlikely to miss the ball uh and he's not going to be beaten that way and then he can drive on the rise and basically all sorts of scoring opportunities open up for him and uh you know unless you have the genuine pace uh and this is also kind of slow this wicket so you know the the pace was also not that effective so i mean this this was a this was a very good wicket and he's a very good player and he hadn't made runs in a long time and yeah i mean it was inevitable in a sense at some point he was going to survive long enough to to score a lot of runs this is also the first time that in the series really that the indian bowlers had to defend a little bit and you know i think it it took it they didn't work out how to do that immediately uh you know there was a there was some uncharacteristic like jadeja dropped short a few times and you know ashwin dropped short a few times but you know they they figured out what to do eventually and they they shut him down i mean i think in the, the way they shut him down in the second innings was really really excellent no also i mean to kind of base this on the context of what's happened in the last first two tests is a little uh, unfair in the sense that it's not it's not like the way anderson uh was dictating terms to kohli for instance in his first series uh, in england this is it's not like india had discovered a weakness and they were going after it they basically had two very smart sort of setups for him one was the bumrah dismissal and the other one was ashwin uh, getting him caught at short leg uh, where you know you identify a little bit of weakness but it's one of those tactical strategic calls which will come once in a while, come right once in a while but that's not a sustainable way of getting a great batsman out so india were actually quite fortunate to get identify those gaps and kind of find the reward almost instantaneously uh i mean the first innings dismissal the first uh, the, the one where he was caught uh, caught at slip was a bit of a natural variation where you know the ball uh, bounced a little more than usual and and went off quite fast from the surface the the ashwin dismissal in adelaide so that that is the fairly conventional dismissal so if you so if you consider india worked out smith it's only those two dismissals and a batsman of that caliber is not going to be worked out so often i mean uh, the only hope india had was that he was coming into this game with the pressure of uh, those failures and he had to, to be honest he did seem a little nervous at the beginning but what india didn't have is the fact that that one like kedi mentioned they took a while to figure out how to bowl defensively and they got a little carried away with the fact that they can attack the storms and, and keep attacking the storms without leaking runs uh, and on this wicket you tend to leak runs plus uh, ashwin bowled first five overs he bowled quite beautifully but the moment you start leaking runs from the other end Uh, it's really going to be very hard for you to create that pressure again and then the moment that pressure is off uh, it's very hard for you to work out a batsman i mean you have to bowl well consistently and get his wicket to work it out and be cute i, I don't think it's going to happen again yeah i mean uh, it wasn't uh, by any stretch of imagination uh, it wasn't uh, body line 
to get Smith out. I mean, there was a bit of uh, planning there, I'm sure, in the first two tests and all that. But uh, there was no, it was not like they had found some glaring weakness. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised in the least. I think even we spoke about how Steve Smith is going to probably get like 300 or something at some point after all those innings. And I won't be surprised if he gets another uh, big 100 in, um, and another 100 and a big one in Brisbane. So, coming to that, yeah, no, first of all, we have to go to the second day because uh, India were, uh, you know, uh, Australia were in a very good position at the end of day one, curtail day one, but even then. But then uh, the fight back on day two, I mean, with Jadeja and Bumrah, that Bumrah spell, I mean, uh, Bumrah uh, to, uh, to get uh, green and that little spell he bowled was uh, fantastic. But, uh, you know, Jadeja on a day two pitch, Sydney flat pitch, he was getting wickets with Yorkers, man. I mean, it's just uh, Jadeja can uh, Jadeja can do anything. His his sureness. I mean, just, sort of, just to con- just to contextualize on that, uh, there was a quick quiz uh, stats on that, right? Like Ashwin got three wickets less than what he should, or two and a half wickets less than what he should have, and Jadeja ended up getting three wickets more than what he should have as per the data. So I mean, it, it is not like he was unplayable. He, he, uh, not to take anything away from Jadeja. He's a phenomenal cricketer, uh, but the four-wicket roll was was a bit of a luxurious representation of how he bowled. Oh, for sure, yeah. Ashwin bowled really well as well. I can't uh, take away from that, but I I just uh, really admire how both Jadeja and Ashwin uh, don't really uh, you know can take wickets even when the on the early part in the early parts of the test on pitches that are not necessarily spinning. I mean, of course, we have seen them on uh, wickets that do turn in India and they are quite unplayable. I mean, Jadeja on a wearing wicket is, uh, you know, as lethal as uh, any bowler in the past, I, I would guess. Especially because he bowls that straighter one on a turning wicket and then batsmen are just, have no clue. I, I would say he is more lethal than even Ashwin. Who's the most lethal? I mean, I mean, they are like one-two. I would just yeah. Jadeja more lethal than Ashwin. On a, on a turning wicket. But, but uh, you know, on a flat wicket like that, I was... Uh, and the way he was varying his pace and length was uh, really good. Ashwin, uh, uh, of course, uh, no credit taken away. But yeah, that fight back was quite heartening for uh, to fight. Because Australia could have easily go- gone away with a huge score and outbatted India right there. Yeah, Bumrah's spell with the second new ball was terrific. Uh, I thought. Yeah, but the, also the small... The little small elephant in the room is also, you know... India basically made a defensive hedge in this test match and in the previous test match also uh, by picking Pant ahead of Saha. So basically, they traded dismissals for runs. Uh, and, you know, that's not a... I mean, that that probably... You can think of that, I think, the best way to think of that is to say that it's out of, out of concern for the quality of the West, uh, Australian attack. You know, that they felt that they had to shore up the defense. And I think also that uh, Ravi Shastri, I think, uh, especially given the way uh, Pant was promoted in the fourth innings, I think that there's a theory in the Indian team that uh, sending a lefty makes life easier against this attack. Uh, So, but that, on the other hand, when India are in the field... That hurts, uh, especially Ashwin and Jadeja. Because, you know, Pujara against spin, uh, sorry, Rishabh Pant against spin, his uh, wicket-keeping numbers are, like, really average. 
Yeah, so let's talk about that. I mean, Pant did uh, drop uh, catches. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, it's a wicketkeeper. Uh, when a wicketkeeper drops a catch, it is all hell generally breaks loose because people think that a wicketkeeper should never, ever, ever drop a catch. He has gloves. Yeah, he has gloves. But but what <laughs> is this? I mean, you you uh, were talking about this Crick Wiz article. Can you yeah. just uh, expand upon, uh, you know, how does one uh, look at this? How does one judge a wicketkeeper? I mean, is there like some average number of misses that we can give a wicketkeeper in every match? Because obviously, uh, he he, it's like he's also a fielder, man. He also will make mistakes. And given the runs that he scores, I mean, you know, can we counterbalance that in some way? Can we put a run value to that? Well, you know, so think about it. I, I, the way I sort of start thinking about it is that, you know, um, to 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 trade runs for dismissals is like saying, okay, instead of going for a 250 place 250 innings, we'll go for a 400 place 400 innings. Because, you know, the keeper will, we expect the keeper to make some mistakes. And so we expect the opposition to score more runs uh, because, you know, we'll convert fewer chances. But then the wicketkeeper also bats better than the better wicketkeeper. And so we'll also make more runs. And that, what that means is that it's sort of na- narrowing your options for winning the game. So it's a, it, it's not, a, I mean, people think of it as, you know, he's saving so many runs uh, or he's, he's, he's giving away so many runs uh, by dropping a catch, but then he's making up for those runs uh, with the bat. And that's not really true because, you know, all of those things take up time in the in the game and uh, there's not unlimited time you know like you know 40 wickets didn't fall at sydney you know when i suspect that you know if pukovsky or someone had gotten out early on the first day uh, you know and smith had come in within the first 15 20 overs instead of coming in after the 35th over uh, life may have been different you know uh, but it's a it's essentially a defensive hedge and in this test match it basically worked perfectly for india uh, so basically pritiban saha completes 78% of his chances against spinners in 2010 and rishabh pant completes 47% so rishabh pant is basically a 50-50 proposition against spin whereas pritiban saha is a 3 in 4 proposition uh, that's what the quick quiz data has shown. Basically. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously the team has uh, large amounts of data to make this dis- decision. And I guess they are basically saying that Rishabh Pant can g- has the ability to give you a hundred in the fourth innings, which he nearly did. And they, which Saha, I guess the chances of him doing that are far lesser. So they're just basically, uh, you know, going with one over the other, right? Yeah. Ironically, India, uh, thanks to circumstances, got Saha keeping in the second innings and Pant batting as well. So, and I do, I think it's high time they start considering Pant as a pure batsman. I mean, what he has done, I think he has done enough to, you know, merit a place as a number six. Uh, if, uh, you know, and with Jadeja playing at number seven and Ashwin at eight, batting the way he did, I think, uh, you know, there is quite a solid case for that, isn't there? Yeah, but uh, I think uh, what happens when like uh, a real open... If you, if you play him as a batsman, you can't play him at six, right? You play him at five. Oh, you have to play him at five. 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 And, uh, which is where no, the that's problem what I meant. Is. 
my mistake. No, no. If, if you if you play him at five, okay. The, how do you play him at five? Because there is uh, Pujara, Rahane, and Kohli. That is three spots and two openers. Then you can't play him at five. Yeah, oh, I forgot. No, no, no. I was as the sixth batsman in India when they play with two seamers and two spinners. I wasn't talking about uh, Kohli. I mean, I was talking about Brisbane. I wasn't talking about uh, Kohli's return. Oh, okay, fine, fine. In Brisbane, the way things are going, he'll anyway play as a batsman because yeah, yeah, he will anyway probably have to open. <laughs> <laughs> so to yeah. to answer your question at a broad level, I mean, I still don't. Uh, he he may come as a batsman. He may he may play as a batsman. uh but that all depends on uh, you know when you get regular openers uh, and rohit has to move back to 6 then who who do you pick rohit versus pant will be the question right that will be your uh, thing okay so the only option is that he replaces vihari in india when india play one minute one minute ashoka did you just say in the presence of mahesh that rohit sharma is not a regular opener <laughs> he is not right like उटकास्ट <laughs> okay so but let's talk about uh, rohit okay now uh, rohit and gill opening the batting uh, on um, day day 2 end of day 2 playing like uh, putting together a really good partnership very attractive to watch as well and uh, lovely to see both of them against both pace and spin i mean they are unafraid to pull uh, both they use their feet against the spinners uh, have you know there's a uh, very pleasing on the eye so what did you make of that opening stand and uh, how much should we how how much of uh, air was sucked out of you when rohit played that full shot no i mean but that's i was mentally prepared for that because he was always back, see he always backs himself to play the full shot even like before the series like well before the series when he was scheduled to come here for the first test he talked about how it's not about playing the shot ball in australia most of the bowlers get wickets by bowling full Shot ball is a rare phenomenon, and nobody, uh, nobody really gets out to shot balls these days. And I myself to play the shot ball well, but you know I have to be more focused on playing the fuller length better. So this was the way he's spoken about it all, all along. And his risk reward, you know, is pretty good. I mean, he's not played enough Test cricket for us to say it works in Test cricket. But whatever little he's played, he's probably you know he got out to Rabada once in uh, was it Cape Town the second Test uh, when he came in at number six or whatever when they promote promoted Parthiv ahead of him. uh he got he's got 47 or 48 and he got out of rabada that's probably one of them and i don't remember there must have been one other dismissal but you know the way he was batting against south africa at home you can argue they were flatter wickets or whatever but he was batting against serious pace he was taking out rabada and uh, and he was able to you know consistently get his pulls and hooks going and and it's it's a it's a stroke that has yielded him a, a lot of rewards over the years and and also if you look at it he was the way he was attacking was uh, was a very calculated thing like even with with lion for instance in the first innings if you look at it his release shot was was going down the wicket and, and trying to hit over long gone for six so he managed that once the second time he came down you know there was that appeal for cottage shot leg where he got himself into a bit of trouble i mean while the it was not out but the fact that he was beaten in flight was so obvious and then you and there's a history of him doing that against lion right i mean in the last uh, 
series where he didn't play the full series, but he did play the Adelaide innings, uh, where Cricket Info commentary called it Haratiri. I mean, he tried to hit a six. He gets dropped and again hits a six. I mean, it was not... So he has a history against Lyon. So he was a lot more ca- calculated in the second innings. And even the way he took on Lyon in the second innings were, was a lot more controlled. And he was not trying to hit the six. And when they had a long on in place, he was trying to go wide of long on, coming down the wicket and just sort of chipping it over the infielder. So I, I don't think it was an instinctive... I mean, as, as people would like to call it a brain fade or, or he threw his wicket away. It was a man who backed his pull shot to pay him the rewards as it has done in the past. And, and he, he could have probably chosen a better line to play the pull. Like the one that hit of Cameron Green was slightly from outside Austin that he does really well. But typically when he's cramped for room, he doesn't kind of roll over the roll this over and, and keep it down. But he doesn't generate enough power as well to hit it over the fielder. So, I mean, he's gotten out a couple of times like that where he's tried to help it along the way uh, without really keeping it down, but but that's fine. I mean, that's just the way he's going to play. I mean, if he if he, like tweeted immediately after his dismissal, there's no right way for Rohit Sharma to get out. Right? He, he gets out fishing. He's like, oh, no technique. This IPL basher has no place in Test cricket. Uh, <laughs> no, know, gets... I, I want to come to that point actually because I was chatting with the uh, you know when when Rohit Sharma got caught, he got caught and bowled in the first innings, right? Hazelwood, yeah, mm-hmm. Hazelwood, and then he got pull shot, and then uh, you know somebody like a good friend of mine, he texted and says, why is Rohit always finding new ways to get out? Which struck me as, and you as a Rohit Sharma uh, watcher, close watcher can tell me, when is the last time Rohit got out to a Jaffa? Because Pujara is almost invariably getting out to Jaffas. Why doesn't Rohit get out to Jaffas? Because they'll not call it a Jaffa. Like for instance, I what I did was, uh, I reached out to one of the guys in Crick Info. I got all the ball-by-ball commentary dismissals of both Pujara and uh, Rohit till the last South Africa series. Uh, you know, just seeing the description of the dismissals, the, the inherent bias is so obvious. Rohit Sharma can never get out to a Jaffa. He can never get out to a Jaffa. He's always losing his mind, always being mentally weak, always throwing his wicket away, you know, or, you know, like having no technique. So, like, if he fishes outside the ocean, he has no technique, he's an IPL basher. If he if he gets out cotton board, he's like he's not a long format player. He can lose his concentration after scoring thirty. If he plays a pull shot, he's reckless. You know, like there is no right way for Rohit Sharma to get out at the moment. Hey, Mahesh, yeah. one of two things are true. Either there is some international conspiracy against Rohit Sharma to make him look bad, or he's actually not very playing very well in Test cricket. One of them is true. I'm he averages forty six in Test cricket. Yeah, 88 at home, 20 away, man. What is this? I know. No, no, even if it's 88 at home. My, my question, my question is this. Okay, my question is this. If a guy averages 88, why is he not picked for every home test? I don't yeah. get it. Okay, you say horses for courses. Why is he not picked for every home test? Why are you playing Rahane at home who averages like half of what uh, Rohit Sharma averages? People are outraged when Rahane is picked over, uh, sorry, Rohit is picked over Rahane for South Africa. Well, I mean, I don't think it's outrage worthy to be honest, but fine. Let's uh, let's. Uh, Let's concede the fact that there might be some merit in it. Why wouldn't you outrage you know, Rahani is picked over Rohit at home? Like, in fact, that's a bigger gap. So you have no problem with home away record. You're just using the home home away record as a way to reinforce your judgments about not just Rohit Sharma, Rohit Sharma kind of players, right? The, the one who look easy on the eye. Like even Lakshman, for instance, till he scored the 281, was seen as a flashy, good for the attractive 30 kind of a player. So you are waiting for a result to validate, to change. Like you need one big sort of result for you to change your opinion. And even subsequently, you know, there was a lot of commentary about Lakshman like that. I mean, Marco has been accused of 
being casual about his wickets. So that that kind of elegant sort of uh, you know laid back kind of characters have always had this. With Rohit Sharma, I think he's probably the first such cricketer post social media. So that that intensity is something else altogether. No, and I also think that uh, it's down to also the pure technique of the batsmen in particular, uh, because I can remember Michael Vaughan, uh, Rahul Dravid, Cheteshwar Pujara. I can probably list a few more. They somehow used you felt they were always getting the better balls to get out. Uh, they were getting like the unplayable ball, like Michael Vaughan. Dale Stain to Michael Vaughan comes to mind. That absolute monster of a ball. But uh, you know, actually, there are two such deals into one balls. You know, uh, Pujara. If you see, you can you can either say it's a Jaffa or you can say that's a ball heading towards the top of off any which way. And Pujara played all all around it. And so, I mean, that that's also a way of describing it. And it. Was, I mean, it's a, it was, another way of describing it is as he did was the ball of the series. Yeah, he ball of the series. Yes, that, that I mean, it it doesn't hurt, no. Then the thing that gets you out is the ball of the series. No, but in a way, I agree with what the Mahesh tweeted that time. He's like, should a batsman who gets out to a ball come and declare it the ball of the series? <laughs> to be fair, to be fair to Pujara, he didn't say ball of the series. He said one of the balls of the series. To even then, should he uh, should a batsman who gets out? It was. I mean that. But the thing with Cummins is that he bowls one of those every three overs. You know. But but coming back to to Rohit Sharma, basically there's a history to to this, uh, which is that I think I think Mahesh is basically right about how the public or how the you know hacks for want of a better word see Rohit Sharma. But I think there's sort of a counter history to this where the Indian team you know my brains trust or call it whatever you want. Uh, rates him very very highly, and they rate him very very highly for one simple reason: is that he plays fast bowling better than most people in India. Uh, you know, he, he has no problem with pace. I mean, one of the reasons he doesn't get out to Jaffa's is that he has a lot more time to play the ball uh, than most other players. Uh, and they, this has been—I mean, his, his record with, against the new ball in one-day cricket is not. Not sort of accidental, you know. It's he is really, really good playing against fast bowling, you know, and that's one of the reasons why they want him to play in the Test team. Because you know, you remember back in the nineties when Tendulkar was captain. He this has been a long quest of you know people who run the Indian cricket team to find batsmen who can play fast bowling, and because Tendulkar famously made that observation that you know. Uh, in the Ranji Trophy, you can play an entire session and play three overs of fast bowling, whereas you can play a Test match and you can play a whole day and you won't get, you know, three overs of spin until you know the last few overs of the day. And that's basically the difference, you know. So they, when they see someone who can play fast bowling, they are never going to let that person go. They are always going to keep trying to find ways to, you know, find 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 place for that person. Yeah, and I and, guess uh, Gill uh, Gill falls into that category. He's yeah, Gill and Shaw and all these people fall into that. And, and actually, Pant falls into that category. You know, the ability to hit fast bowling for runs, to the ability to score against fast bowling is underrated, I think, by hacks, and I think probably correctly highly coveted by the Indian team management and all mostly most team managements. 
because you know look around the world right now everywhere you go you're going to place that's a pretty decent fast bowling you know so uh, basically like rohit sharma is the kind of player who's going to play shots i mean i don't think he he cares what the field is or anything like that you know he's he's going to play shots and most of the times when he gets out he's going to get out to an attacking shot uh that's unusual for an opener but you know sir sehwag was like that as well one point we have to touch on and i don't know if uh, you were able to dig up some stats on it i wasn't was uh, runouts again you know this is like a very similar to keeper dropping catches uh, people you know i i saw somebody saying that uh, getting run out in a test is a criminal act or something like that but uh, number one uh, that vihari run out i think was ex- extraordinary fielding man i mean that hazelwood throw was just something else and not, i don't think 98% or 99% of the fielders in the world are going to get that directed so that that i really can't blame bihari the other two f- fair enough i mean those were definitely batsman mistakes but again is there like some average number that you have found for this uh, run out in tests maybe in recent times are teams going more for the quick singles or quick to i mean to get the urgency going to rotate the strike or uh, is it genuinely a bad thing to be run out i mean is three run outs in an innings terrible I mean, it's a fluke. I mean, it's unusual. I mean, I don't think it's terrible, or I don't think it's. I mean, it's not like it. It. The thing about a run out is that it's. It's not like their. Uh, the fielding side is playing for it. No, I mean the fielding side is not playing for it. It's usually a misunderstanding in the calling which which causes it. You know that's what happened in the previous game where uh, who was run out. uh virat kohli was run out that was a mistake in the calling uh then ajinkya rane was run out also a mistake in the calling uh, or also a miscommunication in the calling uh <coughs> and you know that can happen you know it's like it's just i don't i don't think it's a big deal i think the three direct i mean there have been three direct hits and there was the jadeja direct hit which rana which dismissed smith in the first innings right then there was the hazelwood directed which dismissed uh would it dismiss vihari and then there was the directed to dismiss bumrah i forget who got that but that's marnus uh, labishan yeah, yeah yeah that's just uh, not much you can do about that you know and in all three cases i think absent or directed there would have been no dismissal but the the vihari dismissal was you know it was not even a misjudged call you know i mean you don't expect a 2 meter tall fast bowler to firstly make a diving stop and then let off a direct hit before falling to the ground in the dive you know this is like even if the even if the fielder had you know made a diving stop and then picked himself up and thrown it down in one motion you know we are would have been home easy so that was just a freak bit of fielding because no much thing much you can do about that yeah and also i think now it's it's a matter of instinct right i mean given the number of uh, you know the way these guys a lot of them not necessarily vihari but a lot of these players given the various formats they play it's become like second nature to them to go for that quick single i mean it's not like back in the day as a lot of people say when you know you hit it and then you waited and then you waited and waited until the ball just went absolutely you know when you could run and you did it's 
they were i don't even know if that was indeed true but that is what the perception is that uh, that's how ba- batsmen used to play then why don't they play now but it's a different game it's a different age and uh, just like in a one day game or t20 game i guess it's become second nature for many people to go for that run uh, panth was a phenomenal innings i thought i mean i'm sure there will be you know of course drops and edges and chances are all fine but to play a innings like that on a fifth day uh you know test match when you know the target is improbable yet to go out and score the deep like of course we've seen him at the oval and uh, sydney it's not like this is the first time that he's coming and doing this uh, i thought his uh, innings in sydney the last time that india went there when they were you know i thought that was uh, fantastic innings as well i mean there was something terrific about and you know electric about that uh, innings and this one this one was like i mean for some reason i was reminded of uh, azhar in cape town you know in that famous partnership azhar and sachin and uh, even though it it wasn't like as angry and as uh, you know there, there was something so like extraordinary watching each ball you're like there could be a six any ball or there could be a four any ball a beautiful batting yeah pant reminds me so much of gilchrist you know that yeah. that's that's the parallel life i find you know and the thing is about gilchrist is that australia never used gilchrist in the in the main six they always used him as a seventh uh you know because in that era their bowling their four bowlers were enough to get them wickets and no other side had four good bowlers so you know they could they could afford to pack their batting and you know they played a very actually a very cautious game uh you know but they had nagran won so cash you know they had basically all their bases covered in those two bowlers uh but you know that's one of the reasons why you know gilchrist would get out uh, to you know i suppose what you would call quote unquote bad shots quite often and nobody really complained about it i mean it was fine i mean i remember when india won where was it adelaide 2003 in the second innings uh there was a fielder at backward square leg deep backward square leg yeah, on the boundary he hit it down his throat and yeah, yeah gilchrist still tried to sweep kumble uh, and kumble's googly against the turn and he sort of skied it and was out and you know that would have been in conventional terms from a batsman that would have been an awful shot but it was gilchrist and it was expected you know it was priced into his his game you know they bought the expectations from his game you know we don't seem to have that with our players you know we don't seem to un- we don't seem to price in anything uh you know or at least you know the people who speak on tv or the people who write in the newspapers don't seem to price in things with players you know, they have no they have no model of well this guy is this type of player and this guy is this type of player and this guy is this type of player you know and you know so therefore when you have a team made up of all these different types of players this is what you can expect you know you don't really see that sort of discussion and most of the media is busy writing about results right if pujara bats slow and they draw the test is like oh great pujara bats slow and they don't go on to win a test oh he's so horrible it's the same thing right uh, like pant scores 93 and there were so many chances right i mean in fact kd pointed out about even the gill shaw swap whatever shaw was exposed for gill was also exposed for pretty much the same sort of weaknesses except that he didn't get out so 
I mean, if you keep writing for results, and, and in many ways, that's what you can argue that's what people want, but in, I, do, I don't think it's just that, right? I mean, pretty much the greatest uh, products, content everywhere in the world are not driven by what people want. It's, it's really what you're capable of giving, and then people find a way to embrace it. So I, I just don't think there's enough drive for anyone to study that as a, as a model, right? Like, like this point about if you pick a Rohit Sharma and a Pujara, this is what you're going to get from Rohit and this is what you're likely to get from Pujara. So that any sort of deviation from the median should not surprise you at all. Like a, a deviation from here or there. I mean, it'll surprise if, if Pujara scores a 50 ball 100 and, and Rohit Sharma plays 400 balls for whatever, 70 runs or whatever. But anything else shouldn't surprise you at all. No, and also one one point is which is amazed me is that you know uh, how you know Shaw, Gill, all these batsmen who are coming forth, and you know everybody is so excited about. I mean, the people were excited about Shaw back then. People are so excited about Gill now, and uh, you know writing these things. But I have always felt that Rishabh Pant doesn't get that because he is such an extraordinary batsman. And ever since he came onto the scene in England, I've, I've just felt that this is the guy. I mean, he should be backed at all possible cases. And if, if it means playing him, you know, even, even at, you know, hedging the bet with his keeping and this and that, because where are you going to get this level of genius? I, I can't see it. I mean, this is... I, and that some... has been true. That has been true while he was dropped from all formats, right? <laughs> there was a point when... I think he was only playing for uh, Delhi, <laughs> yeah. Delhi Capitals. He was, he was not playing even for T20s for India. And that is such a bad thing because, you know, for, I mean, I want to be a little more inclusive and say even, you know, Shah, I felt Prithvi Shah, Shubman Gill, uh, Rishabh Pan, and uh, to an extent, though he's not that young, I, I would even say KL Rahul. These are very, very, very talented players. And in any other era, one such player, if he pops up in the 90s, if one such player had popped up, definitely he's going to play 70 or 80 tests. Yeah, you're right. All these four players are ex- exceptional players and talents and they could have really long careers. But you have, for me, like Pant has always been this mixture of a Sehwag and a Gilchrist. And when you have like such outrageous talent, you would do everything in your ability possible to like harness that, right? I mean, even I don't really get why you would even try and remotely mess with the guy. But that's just me. I guess I don't know the inside tales, and I'm probably a bit ex- extra biased to Pant. No, no, his record in Australia. I think he has some. He's not had thousand runs in Test cricket. I think uh, of that nearly five hundred. He has some nine hundred runs in Test cricket. I think out of that, uh, some five hundred in Australia. And among people who have scored 500 in Australia, I think his average is like the highest. Uh, and that includes, you know, uh, great players like, uh, you know, our favorite Ganguly, uh, Azar, Vensarkar and all that. And, you know, and he's uh, so, played, and he's and played he's, the same bowling both times. Like he's played really good bowling on both tours. Of course, of course. In Pant's case, it's one, he gets slaughtered as a wicketkeeper. And for some reason, they don't consider him as a specialist batsman, which is very, very problematic. And two, because the Indian team management is is got a very uh, a poor understanding of T20 cricket, or at least was. So Shastri, for instance, once made a comment saying, 
he should know how to put a price on his wicket and this is after uh, uh, one of the innings where he got out slogging in a t20 now i so i think that that comment actually put him behind the queue in limited overs format which is quite bizarre because i think he understands t20 cricket better than better than the perception that you have to put a price on your wicket that held him back a little bit but in test cricket i think it's primarily the prism of seeing it as a as seeing him as a wicket keeper and also you have plenty of batting depth i mean bihari comes with what nearly 60 first class average and he's not got a, a decent chance so it's always tempting to see him purely as a wicket keeper bat and not, not as a pure bat and, and i would love to see him but i i can't see that happening yeah i was actually briefly wondering whether they will try whether whether they will consider opening with him because i've always thought that he could be that he could give that sevag uh, impetus right on top but uh, now the opening building uh, is so full that i don't think that pant is even going to come into consideration gill is a gill is a supposed to be a generational talent shaw is supposed to be a generational talent rohit sharma yeah, has made everyone. double hundreds opening the batting mayank agarwal has made double hundreds opening the batting yeah but uh, mayank agarwal is now out of favor now slightly apparently his technique is K- not K- good kl rahul has made hundreds in four different continents opening the batting yes five <laughs> So that's five options. Upper say now there's going to be a sixth. <laughs> it's like no, no. That's what I'm saying. Now that option is gone. I was wondering this uh, on the previous tour to Australia and all that, but now forget it. So the other thing about keeping, especially the comparisons with Saha is, of course, you, you see Saha is an extraordinary keeper. He's not going to be as good as Saha. But if you look at the way Dhoni's career evolved, and even someone like B.J. Watling, for instance. uh they went on to become much better keepers as their career progressed so so i think that should not be dismissed or or discounted when you when you talk of pandi still at a fairly early stage let's say you don't have saha as an alternative and the other one is not 76% it's probably 65% or 60% i think that's a place where where pandi can get to with experience so yeah i wouldn't really rule him out as a as a long term keeper batsman prospect even if saha continues to be there which brings me to the final act um ashwin and vihari uh, both uh, injured uh, getting through that uh, 256 balls or so that they did um i i was pretty sure that jadeja is going to come in and but i i thought that they, you know india is going to reach a stage where they lose two more wickets then jadeja has to just try and do what he can and then he swings and gets a quick 50 and then everyone gets excited and all that but none of that had to happen because these two just stood there and ashoka of course as you have mentioned the grit and determination and all the factors that go into making a cricket match of course i mean i i still have a foundational question about this whole thing right which is that they both of them are batting right and neither of them is getting out so what other option have they got other than to keep batting It's like the, the the survival is a consequence of not getting out, right? Is not like they set out to bat for whatever fifty overs or whatever it was. They set out to not get out, and they did get out. That's basically what happened. And they didn't get out partly because you know they're good players, partly because they had a lot of luck, you know, partly because uh, our friend uh, Tim Payne, who I think we might come to later on. Uh, dropped a catch uh you know partly because a couple of times you know leading edges uh fell safe uh, 
combination of factors i don't understand this whole thing about oh you know they they, they it's like we turn the whole thing into like well this morning they woke up and they decided that they wouldn't get out and it was by design like it's like you know no it's not like that okay that's true but but okay think about it this from this perspective right you when when you know that the odds of something some achievement is low and then then somebody goes on to achieve that isn't there a release of of accumulated whatever tension and and built up uh, emotions and and sh- so there is there is a channel for celebration over there like like today sitting today we cannot imagine another batsman like abd will is coming along but when he comes along we'll celebrate right so i, I mean I, i get your point about this over romanticization of grit and whatever uh but it's not also as simple as if they don't get out they have to survive because odds of that is very low now of course you can argue that another day they may not have survived but what do you do when they actually survive i don't know you draw the test match no but you also celebrate right you celebrate saying oh my god these guys have done the impossible yeah it's like it's like it's, yeah but it's it's not it's, it's like that that's different from you know the impossible has happened but you know the it's it's not like you know today they played better than on other days no it's not like that you know they this whole business of oh, today they showed character which means what all the other days they are not showing character what no, no that I, is rubbish. I, uh, that is rubbish i was just i mean i was just you know okay, not, today today no, they played I, well which means what when they get out cheaply they're not playing well no and then there is a other uh, some, the, the the other vocabulary issue as well it's like you know when a when ashwin and bihari go through 40 plus overs without losing a wicket it is grit and tenacity and gumption i know but pant pant uh, scores 97 and 118 balls i think is also grit and tenacity and gumption but it is never you will never find those words associated with that they will it's be it's just batting man it's just batting <laughs> no i don't think so describe the batting no i have a, that is true but i also like for example i tell you cheteshwar pujara made one very important change in the second innings compared to the first innings against nathan lyon he was chanting on off stump instead of midland leg you know this basically because i think they worked out that you know the wicket was getting even slower and there was more turn and so basically you know the risk of lbw was less than the risk of being caught in the leg trap uh so basically the 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 plan was to try and cover the stumps and play straighter and you know get outside the line of off stump uh you know so that you have a you 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 basically get rid of you know one edge of the bat you know that was and and i've seen other batsmen do that you know i've i've seen hashim amla do that in india against harbhajan singh for instance but it i mean it, i it always fascinates me that these batsmen can sort of move around in the crease and you know get their bearings in all these different positions and you know keep track of where their stumps are and all that in all these positions and, and the thing is uh, the thing with the uh, vihari is like the interesting uh, you know little dynamic that was going on there is because he was hamstrung the australian uh, bowlers and fielders were working along with that you know they wanted him to stretch they wanted yeah. him to use that hamstring they wanted him to actually get to the pitch of the ball so that he is even more in discomfort but yeah. the, but he countered that by you know b- playing this remarkably late uh, you know uh, strokes that he, he was almost like 
uh, there were times in which i thought oh okay he's missed the ball but then the yeah. ball would then squirt somewhere close by and that was i think uh, you know something and and i think there was a stat mentioned that he had not batted this long in the fourth innings of even a first class match and that is so remarkable given that he has a f- fantastic first class record but uh, you know even in the in a ranchi game in the fourth innings he has not batted this long and to do that is is quite a thing and so i really enjoyed uh, watching that partnership i'll probably add this point where i think to play with an injury is not easy and that that requires a fair amount of mental strength because it is not easy to overcome that in the back of your mind and with your if you have a back trouble i i i think if there is any context in which you can use great and whatever courage and all that character to describe an achievement this is probably not a bad situation again like it's probably 1 or 2% or 3% i mean i could have the same guts and determination but if i don't have the skills of ashwin i'm not going to bat like that right so that that falls apart pretty easily but but i'll probably make some excuse for this occasion because playing with an injury is not easy and i'm saying i don't want to put that down to them being professional cricketers there's a little bit more than that and then it differs between people to people it differs between situations and situations okay i am not making a big case for it i'm totally with kd on this except that if there is any excuse to use those those words in a context of a match two guys playing kind of semi injured and batting out a fairly long session is not a bad occasion to use but again no, you have to Yeah that's true and it's also experience right like it's also viewer experience and there are ways in which you experience it like suppose you didn't know ashwin was injured and you watched the innings and suppose you knew he was injured and watched the innings you experience the innings in a different way whether you like it or not i mean and you know that that 136. also i think 136 exactly you experience 130 sachin's 136 in a different way than you would sachin's 126 but uh, let's just talk about let's just wrap it up with talking about the final test india seemed to uh, will probably go in with a bowling attack that is a combined experience of four tests or five tests at the most i think four tests um yeah i mean uh, wait ashwin is also not playing i no no this is what i'm saying uh, could happen no. i'm not saying it will happen i, I don't mm. think it is uh, i don't think it is wise to ask who's not playing <laughs> the best question to ask and the shortest answer you'll get is who's playing who's playing? i guess <laughs> i i think right now we have like one bowler who's fit which is a uh, two bowlers siraj and saini rest all i don't know natu natarajan they're saying that he left for india uh, they are either left with kuldeep yadav or washington sundar i even heard the name washington sundar i didn't even know yes. he was there i don't even know i think uh, they are just uh, taking a head count now and uh, seeing okay if do we have 11 what happened to thakur is he still there yeah thakur is there but i hope he doesn't get injured because uh, he has important role in csk in like two months <laughs> in the real two this, months there's like two months from now do yeah, yeah, yeah. real cricket dude, <laughs> I, i think yeah real cricket What that's like this? in that's like a whole different season <laughs> this is this is all shits and giggles you can win in australia three people will be happy okay we can say oh, okay greatest test team and then nobody cares the entire country wants to know okay csk ke liye shardul thakur will be there or not that's all that entire country wants <laughs> no and and the the best part i mean the best part or worst part whatever you call it is that india are now going to the gaba where australia basically haven't lost in since 1988 and uh, they basically win there for fun most of the time they're going to play their full strength team against this indian side so uh, i don't know whether i'm looking forward to it or whether i am uh, dreading the thought of this test 
last time when last time when we did the podcast uh, last two times i said oh shami is injured hope uh, shiraj uh, you know keeps up the line and length then i said okay uh, umesh is injured hope saini and shiraj keep up the line and length now i'm i have given up that's it bumra is injured then i think okay let's hope australia scores any, anywhere less than 400 or 500 and then uh, as you said uh, we will give the bat to pujara and say okay we are taking the flight home come back after 4 days yeah i think uh, bcci should the arm twist ca into allowing last man batting so that pujara just can just continue batting <laughs> forever <laughs> so yeah i mean i think uh, in 1985 it was when uh, richard hadley went and took 15 wickets in brisbane and beat australia so i think uh, you know siraj saini anyone put up your hand 15 wickets is yours for the taking so that's all we can say uh, let's end it here uh, we have uh, spoken a lot about many things but we will get back for the uh, series review after the brisbane test thanks so much for joining guys uh, kartikeya ashoka and mahesh and uh, we'll uh, you can go to 81allout.com uh, you can check out our previous podcasts you can check out articles uh, you can um, you know there are a lot of uh, interesting chats we have done with writers so a lot of archives there and uh, enjoy the brisbane test and uh, yeah see you later bye we'll come back for the second india have won the test match india have won the series they're going to get back for two india have won.